two people see anything wrong with what Malibu Stacy says? Oh, there's something wrong with what my Stacy says. My spidey sense is tingling. Anybody call for a web slinger? Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Frustrated Fans. Frustrated Fans, where we're venting frustrations one Marvel movie at a time. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Aaron. And uh, you might notice Pete's not here. Uh, that's because uh, he got kidnapped and we had we tried to track down dudes bad enough to save him. Uh, so while they're working on that, Aaron and I are going to be here to cover Spider-Man Homecoming, which we just saw last weekend. Yes, yes we did. Or did we? I kind of wish we didn't. <laughs> Actually, going back to when we saw the movie, the person who let let everyone into the theater said, "All right, who's here for the three theatrical re-release of Spider-Man 3?" And as we were walking out, when I saw him, I was heavily tempted to say, "I would have preferred the theatrical re-release of Spider-Man 3." Well, I'm I'm surprised he didn't mention the Amazing Spider-Man or the Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, I think Spider-Man 3 was more infamous among. Probably more infamous, probably not as bad. Yeah, I think it also speaks to how forgettable the two Amazing Spider-Man movies were. I almost forgot them myself. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting they existed. I never saw them, so... Yeah, we're going to be covering Spider-Man Homecoming, which is the f newest soft kind of reboot for Spider-Man that now takes place within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, unless you count its spin-offs, Venom, which will not be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because licensing rights are weird. Uh, this was directed by John Watts, produced by Kevin Feige. Feige? All right, we'll just count that as Nobody one. gets that right, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, well, we'll just add it to the long list of names that Pete and I have butchered over the years. Uh, and I'm pretty sure he's like in like Iron Man or something like that, or, or he did something with, something with Iron Man. Oh, okay. Um, and also produced by Amy Pascal. It, the screenplay was written by half a dozen people. That explains a lot. Yeah. A story by Jonathan Goldstein, John Francis Daly, and, of course, based on Spider-Man, starring Tom Holland, Michael Keaton, John Favreau, and Robert Downey Jr., Marissa Tomei, and a bunch of other people with no talent. The plot summary, which uh, I, I kind of came up with this one. I, I think I... Think I captured the feel of the movie um aaron you you can let me know if i'm wrong or not a down on his luck family man adrian tombs played by michael keaton gets screwed over by stark industries when his team loses their job to clean up new york city after the avengers wrecked it desperate to recoup his losses he and his team begin to reverse engineer the alien and avenger tech so they can make money and adrian can make sure his family is okay Oh, and there's this annoying little teenager in a spider suit that shows up for most of the movie. And he would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for Spider-Man. <laughs> Zoinks, Vulture! It's all Scooby-Doo, copyright of... Uh, <laughs> uh, Alright, so let's go, as we always do, let's go into our history with the character. Aaron, why don't you go first? Okay, so I, I was introduced to Spider-Man by the 1990s cartoon show. However, I have also had a little bit more experience with the comic book variety version. I have had uh, a lot of time in Barnes & Noble reading uh, Spider-Man for free and also uh, 
reading it on the Marvel Unlimited amp, app, which uh, gives me a lot of time to just read cartoons, but also several different iterations of Spider-Man, such as the Marvel Ultimate version, which is basically uh, was another reboot of uh, the Spider-Man universe. And you, Jeremy? Um, I also was introduced to Spider-Man through the 90s cartoon series. Uh, I actually started watching it during the Venom three-parter, where Spider-Man got the black suit and everything, so I started off at a really good time. Probably the best of times. Yep, and this show even introduced me to characters like Blade and the Punisher, who I hadn't seen or heard of before Spider-Man. Of the movies, I'd say the first one was my favorite, and it's just kind of up in the air from there. Like, I never liked two, and I thought the third was just okay, and I didn't see the amazing movies. And I've read a tiny bit of the comics. Like, I know who the Scarlet Spider is. I liked him when I was a kid um, and I know both of us have played plenty of the video games some of the best ones are for the Spider-Man would probably be Spider-Man Web of Shadows and yes. the Marvel Ultimate uh, version of Spider-Man which was actually a pretty good uh, rendition of the Spider-Man games yep. uh, after uh, what was it 2? Yeah Spider-Man 2 was that one was like that was the first one that really introduced the cool web slinging uh, mechanics and yeah, I'm I do have and I also enjoyed Ultimate Spider-Man. That was a good one. And of course, his appearance in Marvel Ultimate Alliance was good. And it's kind of been downhill from there. Yep, there hasn't been very many uh, Spider-Man games since, which have been good. And the, the the newest one looks interesting so far. Yeah. I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic. Is Hopefully it will turn out better than this movie. Yeah. And, you know, it's being made by Insomniac, which, on one hand, they made the Ratchet and Clank series. On the other hand... <laughs> they, they kept on making the Ratchet and Clank series. <laughs> but that was... Oh, that was good. But they also made... Uh, on the other hand, they also made Fuse. And if you don't know what Fuse is... Exactly. Moving on to the movie itself. Um... How, like, were you really looking forward to this one, or... Eh, no, I just I just wanted to see it, you know? <laughs> I wanted to see what they did with the movie. I didn't really expect much, because the last Spider-Man movie I saw was The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which I can barely remember as is, so uh, I thought I didn't really think much of it, so... It, like anything would have been an improvement from there so gotcha. you can see where I'm coming from uh, when you see my viewpoints when you hear my viewpoints in this uh, podcast <laughs> I gotcha yeah I I had pretty much written off the character at this point um, at least up until Civil War and I was looking forward to seeing what they were going to do with him in Civil War because I know it was such a big thing that oh my gosh that Marvel got the movie rights back to him you know kind of um, and I liked what they did with him in Civil War. And so I was looking forward to this. I actually had high hopes. And after seeing the other comic book movies this year of Logan and Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I have to say my expectations were unfairly high. They were skewed to the uh, to the better end of critiquing, I would have to say. Yes. Uh, so let's... 
first off jump into the characters of this movie. And, for, of course, we shall start off with the titular character himself, Spider-Man slash Peter Parker. Yeah, so Peter Parker slash Spider-Man. I don't find him to be the best iteration of Spider-Man or Peter Parker, but sadly and fortunately, I do not find him to be the worst version either. So he's kind of like mediocre, like mediocre vanilla Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could have done, like the character himself could have been portrayed better. They handed him hundreds, like it's like almost seemed like a barrage of bad one-liners, yeah, which was, would have been okay on their own, but they yeah. just came, kept on coming. Oh, and, it was like a one-liner generator creating this movie. Yeah, pretty much. That coupled with the fact that he was constantly whining made him even more unlikable than he should have been. Yeah, like when I like I said I liked what they did with him in Civil War, and that little taste of it made me want to see more of this iteration of Spider-Man, which, in all honesty, that was one of the goals of that movie, of course, was to get people excited to see Spider-Man back on the big screen again. Unfortunately, after watching this movie, I want to see far less of him. And it's not that Tom Holland is bad as Spider-Man. He Actually, he is a pretty good Peter Parker in Spider-Man, but I think the main problem with this one is the writing for him was just terrible. It's, like you said, he spouts out one-liners all the time, and the consistency of him just being more annoying than anything else just kind of kills it. Well, ra- rather than, it seems like they took his inner monologues and, and talking to the reader in the comic books almost like as whining rather than like this showing inner turmoil saying hey uh oh i have to i have to be fighting these bad guys but uh oh aunt may is back at home or anything like that instead they decided to take it more in a teenage drama approach with approach which unfortunately just made the the character insufferable yeah I mean, he came off as, like, just generic movie teenager half the time, and that's not a good thing. Because just the one-liners, you know, on their own, they could have been bad, and they mm-hmm. would have been, you know, fine to to get past, but then you couple it with a teenage trope, and all of a sudden you have a character who you're actively rooting against. Yeah. And, dear God, was I rooting against this character at points. But moving on to a better character and in, in a case yeah, of le- I, yeah less pretty is much more. though <laughs> though pretty much i swear I, I think i heard you uh you like cheer each time he got hit during the movie <laughs> actually the the part where tombs told him like just go on to the dance don't mess with me anymore i was like dude stay at the dance don't mess with him anymore just end the movie right here please <laughs> don't be spider-man again you suck at it who kind of and even that point was like telegraphed which just, it just yeah. shows how bad the writing was yeah um but moving on to a better character which in the like I said, this case was less is more it was as i have dubbed her hot aunt may anyways aunt may <laughs> was a great actress she had a fine performance but she was barely in the movie and she was made to seem even less important to peter parker like they just didn't like an afterthought? Yeah, it was an a- oh, not only an afterthought, but Peter Parker wasn't even thinking of Aunt May for like most of the movie. It's like, okay, 
and uh, maybe like once or twice during the movie but he's supposed to like his character is supposed to be very concerned with his aunt may yep. whether young or old she would have had to been a central figure in his life because you know what his his uncle his uncle ben is dead his family is gone and she's the only family he has so uh, it makes no sense for him to be like thinking about other characters as much as he thinks about people who are tangentially related to him you know it really made it seem like aunt may was not even any like was even less important to her than tony stark yeah i'd agree to that like they have the one moment in the movie where his friend which we'll get to him shortly but like his friend finds out that peter's spider-man and peter says like you know aunt may she's been through so much recently i don't want to put her through this too that was like the one moment in the entire movie where, one, he came off, like, Spider-Man himself came off as, like, a genuine, you know, like, actually caring about her and sympathetic. But it was also the only part in the entire movie that he seemed to really give a crap about her. And it's unfortunate, too, because it was the only, like, the only overt part of that was the fact that, oh, we're making, also making a reference to his origin. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. But we're not really doing anything else with this character who is, you know, a strong character who is, you know, there to add, like, morales and and morals and just overall supposed to be a central figure to Peter's life. Yeah, because, I mean, for all the problems of the, the original three movies, the Tobey Maguire ones, Aunt May was not one of them. Like the the actress they had for her was really good, and she was a big part of his character in his life. Whereas in this one, she was just sort of there at points and forgotten about for large portions of the movie. Pretty much. And then we move on to Peter's doofy friend who. Do you remember what this character's name was? No, I was looking at Wikipedia and I couldn't even find his name. <laughs> I think that, that sums uh, it up. <laughs> pretty much. It's like, oh, uh, here's this guy who wants to be, you know, the uh, the sidekick, the the navigator style character to uh, our to our superhero, and yet we cannot, for the life of us, remember his name. Yeah, yeah. he didn't feel like an actual breathing human being he just seemed like a i'm peter's quirky sidekick who just happened to find out that he's spider-man i'm gonna be in most of the movie now and, and, and the worst part was was he didn't even seem like he was there for that he was like literally a walking talking plot device it's mm -hmm. like oh uh, how does the how does everyone get into trouble well his friend is holding the thing they, they could have easily just given that to like tom's daughter or Oops, was that a spoiler? Uh, and uh, <laughs> well, I can like see having a friendly character to like you know to bounce ideas off of, to give more like an inner monologue because you you need someone to like to bounce stuff off, and it would have been a lot made, made a lot more sense for him to have uh, you know somebody to talk to while he was in his his spider suit or whatnot. In instead, they kind of give you, like, thousands of banter lines when he could be talking to his friend, you know, who could be, like, doing whatever, you know, to help him out just to, like, you know, give us a break from the one-liners. Yeah. But, no, they they just totally miss this whole point. It's like, oh, I don't need a navigator 
I'm yeah. just gonna quib a thousand one-liners. Yeah, or we get that montage when after he first finds out Peter Spider-Man of just him asking like it goes on for like a minute or more of him just being like, "Can you do this? Is there this? This? Bit, bit, bit. Like that's fine because they use that in the trailer, and that's great trailer fodder. But dear Lord, learn how to edit. Well, it also made it feel almost like, "Hey, I'm Peter Parker. I'm listening to this guy all the time. I'm getting tired of this." So it, it would have been more understandable after something like that, like it could have like been a montage of that, and then him really pushing his friend away, which would have made more sense than than what they did do. But he served no real purposes other than for uh, a plot device, and he he wasn't even like there for character progression, which they could have really used. Yeah, like I actually thought like the mo the part where he leaves him high and dry at the party and goes off and. A, you know, hit the initial encounter with the vulture. I thought his friend was going to be pissed at him or something. Like, dude, you ditched me for to do what? And it's like, nah. He just kind of shakes it off. They're perfectly fine the next day. Which, which doesn't make too much sense because if they're going to throw a teenage drama in there, they could have easily done that where where his Spider-Man persona is interfering with his everyday life. But no, they they capitalized on all this other stuff because yeah. it it it's about the everyday like problems of a person not and how like how being a superhero will compound those it's not supposed to be just oh these are the super problems yeah i mean he's not the same as like captain america and iron man and stuff where that's part of who he like captain america has no real secret identity everyone knows that steve rogers is captain america and that's part of just his natural everyday life with Spider-Man, it's he has a secret identity. He's one of the few genuine, actual like superheroes in Marvel, where he has like you know he's the stereotypical. All right, he has a superhero persona, and he has his real life thing. You know, like Superman, Clark Kent sort of thing. But they don't like they don't do anything with that. Like oh, he has to leave his uh, what was it like debate team high and dry. Oh, they turn out fine, and in fact, probably better without him. All right. And not only do that, but they help. They they win with gender diversity. <laughs> and that yeah. is the real hero of this story. <laughs> oh, yeah. We will get to that after our first break. Spider pig, spider pig, does whatever a spider pig does. Can he swing from a web? No, he can't. He's a pig. Look out. He is a spider pig. We're back with... Uh... Very interesting with the next character, who obviously was going to, you know, have some, I guess, a big reveal, or was supposed to be more important than she seemed, which is Snarky Girl. A.K.A. Michelle. <laughs> yep. Oh, God, it's Michelle from uh, Full House. <laughs> no, it's uh, Michelle Jones. I wonder who that's supposed to be, kind wink, of, a wink. reference to. <laughs> wink, wink. Nod, nod. Prod, prod, <laughs> shove it in your face. <laughs> oh yes. no, it's a secret reveal! <laughs> not really. Yeah, subtlety was not this movie's strong point. I'd say the subtlety on this was like, okay, we're not even, like, I don't even really think I ever caught her actual name during the entirety of this movie until the very end. So uh, I come like, oh, this is going to probably be their version of MJ. And yet, they never once did mention her name i think or whatnot i, yeah, I can't I remember think, 
I don't think so either. Because, yeah, I don't remember them mentioning it until the very end of the movie when they call her Michelle, and she goes, oh, my friends call me MJ. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, wow. And I love the fact that the internet is making a big deal out of this, too. Like, on IGN, I was on IGN the other day, and they're like, big, the big reveal at the end of Spider-Man. I'm like, that wasn't a big reveal. That was just kind of a, huh? It was just kind of like, we're going to force it in your throats. Okay. Yeah. Like, Here's this person who's constantly in Peter Parker's life, yet she's this character who has some interactions, yet we're not actually going to make use of. It It really feels like she was going to be more central to the story, and then they just cut, cut, cut. Yeah, like she kind of disappeared. Like She would pop up every now and then, but that felt like all she was really good for. And, like, the last bit we see of her before that part at the end of the movie is her giving Peter the finger during the dance. Yeah, but and before that was, uh, I'm going to say, her talking off to some guy at the monument or something like that. Oh, yeah. She's like, I don't want yeah. to interact so, with something built by slaves. And it's like pretty much it was like, oh, snark, 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 snark. Yeah. And, it, it really seemed like she was this running theme snark girl than anything else. It's like, yeah. oh, here's snarky guy and snarky girl. Maybe they should be snarky together. And yet there was no interaction really. I, I actually would have thought it would have been better if like she taught Peter how to be snarky, and that's where he get like that's where Spider-Man got it from. Ah, like, snarkwando. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Teach you that you should become the master of the snark. As you could tell from what we're saying in the big internet reveal type thing of her being, you know, a a nod to to Mary Jane Watson, like it really seems like they want to throw her into the the series, and when they finally do something interesting, then they'll probably either get rid of her or kill her off, which I don't like it just feels kind of forced then yeah can't she just be one of his friends at school like i will say this one of the one of the things i did kind of like about this movie is it didn't go in the same direction as all the others like we didn't have gwen stacy we didn't have mary jane watson we didn't get bombarded with with great power comes great responsibility which holy crap that wasn't mentioned once in the entire movie um, and the, the only reference to Uncle Ben was Peter saying that Aunt May has been through a lot lately. And it actually took me a second to figure that one out because I didn't even think about him because they didn't they weren't mentioning him at all. I went, oh, right, his Uncle Ben died. Oh, that was a nice subtle way of mentioning him. Good job. And then Tony Stark is constantly hitting on his mom, on his grand, and I don't know, basically his aunt. <laughs> it's it's like pretty much just like she fulfills both the role of the, the aunt, the grandmother, so, uh, she's Aunt May. Yep. <laughs> um, and then our next character, who is yet another one of the teenagers, I have dubbed her Underdeveloped Love Interest. Uh, she is pretty much, if you can't guess that this might be a little bit of a spoiler. Well, you can't spoil what's already rotten. Uh, she's supposed to be Tomes' daughter, which, it, it, it's, it's like... They, they put it there, and it's like this wide pass. It's not even a wide pass. It's just like, okay, we're gonna show you uh, Victor. To- we're gonna show you tombs in the beginning, and uh, now we're gonna show you this person who is, you know, 
Mm -hmm. You know, like, who is, of course, a different race than Tombs. And yet, it's like, oh, yeah, they're going to go for it. Yeah, they went for it. It's a biracial <laughs> couple, so it throws you off at the end. But no, no, it does not. I was able to guess this way before the end of the movie. I was like, I was like yes, yes. I was pretty much you know, so dang excited when I saw you know, Adrian Toomes at, the, uh, at the, uh, the house which he was going to for the dance. I was like, yeah. I figured that was going to happen. I am so glad I was right. And yet this is so telegraphed, so <laughs> cliche. See, I didn't see that coming. Normally, I just when I see movies, I don't try to predict what happens next, I guess. just I, I don't know. I tr at least attempt to get absorbed into the story in some cases. This one, I had a real hard time of doing that. But it was also the fa Granted, in my head, I was actually second-guessing half the uh, one-liners in the movie. <laughs> but... Yeah, when they did that reveal for me, I just was like, that's stupid. Yeah, because it, it's kind of cliche, and that's why you'd think they wouldn't do it. But nope, they went for it. They yeah. went the full nine yards on that. Oh, yeah. Uh, they went that, for the short pass. Oh, yeah. I think they took the short bus to make this movie. Man, you are an angry man. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I am a frustrated fan. <laughs> Our next character, Tony Stark. The one guy who, can eat, who, uh, who has eat, eaten less screen time than, I don't want to say, ever. Uh, mm -hmm. But he, uh, unfortunately, I don't have... Fortunately and unfortunately, I don't have anything bad to say about... Uh, Tony Stark in this movie. He uh, it almost seems like he wants to take a vacation from the role, as you, you would see in during the film. His uh, his actual time in the scenes is very much limited. Like it's like sometimes he's there, sometimes he's just you know voice recording. Uh, and combine this with uh, the fact that Peter Parker is constantly calling him makes it seem less like Peter is a boy trying to connect with a father figure and more like a teenager being ignored by the girl he has a crush on. So you're saying that Peter wants to have a bromance with Tony Stark. It feels so good to know you'll be playing with me. Of course, he wants to go on a, uh, on a, uh, a long uh, field trip to, uh, to upstate New York and uh, in a long car ride, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, Tony was basically the voice of reason in this movie, and yeah, that explains why he was barely in it, because this movie didn't have any voices of reason. And of, as always, Robert Downey Jr. was great, and I actually, I liked the fact that he was trying to be like a father figure to Peter, and when the, you know, you remember the part where he calls him while he's on the uh, ferry, and he congratulates him for you know the rescue at the washington monument he even brings up he's like you know my dad never did anything like this for me i want to make sure i reach out you know let you know you did good kid and i was like could we have had more moments like that in this movie well like, I'm, I'm still gonna say that's not really in the uh the movie because it's it's audio it's mainly audio <laughs> yeah this is true yeah he's not actually there telling him this he's just sort of Falling it in. <laughs> yep. Oh, ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, we come to last but certainly not least, the breakout character of the movie, 
Adrian Toomes, aka the Vulture. Well, this was he was the best the best character in the movie, hands down. Mike and Keaton does a great job bringing new life to the character. I could usually care less about. One of the best things about this adaptation uh, of Spider-Man is it actually makes the Vulture into a genuinely interesting character, not to be relegated to the goofy suit which you see in the animated or any other version of him. The costume design looks very, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say almost like utilitarian and and not necessarily scary or anything like that, but like something somebody would actually come up with if they had this alien technology and weren't just you know gonna go full crazy and make some crazy ass suit you know yeah it came off as threatening you know and i completely agree on everything that keaton put on a great performance this villain actually had multiple sides to him i can't even really call him a villain he was just an antagonist to the to spider-man and by the end of the movie, I was more sympathetic to Adrian Toomes than I was to Spider-Man himself. And yeah, the costume looked awesome. And it wasn't even just the full Vulture outfit itself, but like we were both talking about where he was just walking, like in his normal clothes, he had the cool flight jacket with the feathers in it. You know, where it had that little nod to the original character design, and it it was basically like the plumage around his neck is basically the uh, the stuffing for the uh, for the neck liner, and it was like a aviator jacket with uh, with essentially almost like a uh, a vulture's uh, like neck area, yeah. the whites and neck feathers. Yeah. So that it was, was very damn good. Yep. And also, yeah, Michael Keaton can't speak enough of his performance and that scene where they're all in the car together i just i love the fact that the very first spider-man movie norman osborne figures out who spider-man is because he he fought spider-man and saw that he cut him on the arm and he sees peter has the same cut and notices the oddity of peter showing up and kind of figures it out there in this movie Adrian Toomes figures out Peter Parker is Spider-Man simply because he's not stupid. Which is pretty much kind of like any Scooby-Doo episode. A plus B plus C? I have figured out the answer. <laughs> is the old man in the middle. <laughs> and Peter's like, I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling old man. Uh, that, that actually I'd kind of see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then we will get to the uh, overall story after our next break. Like he, he turned it from an absolute disaster into something that was merely terrible. And we're back from breaking time. Now we are going to move on to the overall story. And just the, this movie was on speed. <laughs> That's like the best way I could put it. Like, so it was in the movie Speed? <laughs> the, they, the movie's feature was they had to keep the dialogue going faster than 50 miles a minute or else the movie would explode. I thought it was that the movie would tank. <laughs> uh, I wish it would. I'm surprised it's not. Um, but, yeah, the main, I, easily the main problem I had with this movie is they just made Spider-Man completely unlikable. And more easily the most annoying superhero 
I've seen in one of these movies. And yes, that includes some of like, I don't know, that includes Green Lantern. That includes Steel. Well, I'd say at least we were able to kind of make fun of the Green Lantern movie. At this, we couldn't really make we couldn't really make fun of while we were watching it. It was it was like even like at least even Legend of Chun Li we could make fun of. This oh, yeah. it was it was for me it was straddling the line between oh like bad and mediocre, and it just it just stayed at. Like this mediocre, almost average range, which compared to the other movies, it just it at least for like the last two, it at least was like okay, this is better, but is it good? Not the greatest. Yeah, and like it didn't hit that so bad. It's enjoyable feature. Like the Resident Evil movies, I think we can both agree they're dumb, but they're so much fun. Yeah, it's just, like, just dragged on. Yeah, and as you could tell from my summary at the beginning, the best part of this movie was Michael Keaton as Adrian Toomes. And I I get the concept behind the movie. You know, I totally understand what they were going for, which was Peter is trying too hard to be an Avenger, and what he really needs to do is start at the bottom and kind of work his way back up again you know he's been given this ridiculously powerful suit that augments his abilities and everything but what he needs to be is just as tony puts it as like a little uh, reference is the can't you just be a friendly neighborhood spider-man and i get it that's that's not a bad idea it's not a bad story concept i mean it's not the most original thing in the world but it's not bad the problem with this is in the execution and the fact that the writing for this movie is just flat out bad. Like, I looked up at the right, the two um, story writers and two of the six screenplay writers. I think that speaks volumes right there. All they worked on were bad comedies before this. Well, it seems like that's where all their uh, where all the one-liners came from is bad comedy writers. It's like, okay, so uh, we need... We need thousands of bad jokes we can throw into this movie. Uh, go. Yeah. And it's fine. Like, the Marvel movie, all the Marvel movies uh, in, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe have had, like, a good sense of humor to them. And I've been rewatching uh, Winter Soldier today. And that had a, you know, that had jokes and stuff in it. But it was, they felt natural. They felt like, okay, things are getting really dark. Let's just have, like, a quick little joke of just... Cap will say something or somebody will say something to try to lighten the mood a little bit. And that's like a natural thing. And obviously, you know, you can go too far in one direction, which like this movie or like Avengers 2, which was just quip a minute. And I, I remember reading, I remember somebody put out like an article saying that like, oh, you know, the Marvel movies are leaning too far in the comedy direction, which I disagree in a, for a lot of the movies they've done. For this one, I think is a good case for that. Uh, is just this it tried way too hard to be funny and when something and granted i get humor is subjective and if you found the movie funny that's fine but if you didn't then there's a problem and it just makes it that there's no substance to this thing i and, just really th- one sec i'm only I'm really thinking was there any physical humor to this movie um the part where his friend dropped the lego death star and put on in his when the fat but friend that was... put on his mask that was about it. 
that's that's like very little. There's not enough range. So if all you're doing is 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 basically throwing in one-liners and you know dialogue comedy, it's gets old. Yeah, like you know, I'll admit of you know the Avenger, you know Avengers two went a little bit too hard in the quip a minute direction, but it did had some good physical jokes and stuff. And like the very first Avengers movie had that great moment with Thor and Hulk where they beat the hell out of the giant machine uh, monster thing and are just kind of standing there for a second catching their breath and Hulk just punches Thor in the face and smiles. Or Hulk smashing Loki around. Yeah, that that was a great example of like physical humor done right. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. and we're going to have this digital monster, you know, smack the heck out of Loki just going boom, 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 boom. And there was, like, nothing like that in this movie. Like, nothing which could just get a chuckle out of you. Because it needed to be, like, you know, dark, serious, throwing comedic moment. It it just didn't. It was just, like, a mile a minute of one-liners. Yeah. And if you want, like, a good example of how a movie can be overall relatively a comedy but also make you care, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 hit that perfectly. That movie was hilarious but it had serious moments, and the serious moments worked because also you care about those characters. Like, there's... Gr- and it, they still knew how to have a good sense of humor. I mean, while they're getting ready to literally save the entire universe as it's going to be corrupted, you have Rocket and Star-Lord arguing about tape. <laughs> Which was great. But then you're also still able to take it seriously. Yeah. So um, let's, let's get back to the real villains of this movie, the writers. Yes, and I'm going to say, look, I totally understand writing subtlety into characters can be difficult, and if you're only mashed into, like, a two-hour movie, yeah, it's going to be tricky. And I'll admit, in the stuff I've written, I can look back at some of my stuff and be like, okay, that's a little ham-fisted. But also the difference here is I'm not writing a screenplay and story for a multi-million dollar film franchise, and I'd like to think Sony and Marvel are smart enough to hire people that know what the hell they're doing. the I look back at it and be like, you know, why did I like Spider-Man so much in Civil War but then dislike him in this one? And I realized is the directors and writers for Civil War are incredibly better, or way better than the writers and directors for this movie. And one of the things I, I've kind of noticed in that is like, it's like one of those uh, old adages. You can have uh, too many cooks in the kitchen. So it just feels like there was too much which was thrown in there and expected to taste good and all you got was this overly spicy meal which didn't have a distinct necessarily taste to it it just kind of kept on hitting you i really believe that this movie just had too many writers and too many people just churning through it which made it impossible to get through almost so instead of getting tasty curry, you just got spicy slop. Pretty much. Yep. One of the big problems also for me was the action scenes. Like the and this falls on, I believe just falls on the director. Uh, the camera work for a lot of the action bits in this movie was really bad. Well, I wonder how much of that actually has to do with the fact that they also wanted to to shoot an IMAX 3D and, and all that, and basically shoehorn also yet another gimmick into the movie, such as 3D. Yeah, well, it's... there have, However, though, there have been movies that do kind of shoehorn in the 3D, but still find a way to 
make the action look good. Like, the first Captain America movie, obviously there's the quick little bits of, oh, look, he threw the shield at the screen, but the action bits in that movie were still solid. So I, I think that also falls on... I mean, granted, this also falls on writers and choreographers and stuff like that, but when I look back at this director's resume, he's only directed two other movies, neither of which were really any big, and commercials. So either either it seems like they were trying to take a chance or, oh, we don't have a budget for a director. Let's just get some guy. Yeah. We'll have like, Marvel cover, Marvel and Disney cover the rest. Yeah. Like, it feels – I know sometimes, you know, relatively unknown directors can come out of nowhere and put out something really, really good. Um, and that does happen. That, that does happen plenty of times. But then you get situations like – for example, to reference an earlier episode of this podcast, the director of Star Trek Nemesis was only known for editing. He didn't do very much directing, period. And in fact, people in that movie, some of the actors in that movie, were more accomplished directors than he was. Well, given and, they had a longer career. Yeah, uh, true. But still. And the fact that he couldn't remember the name of one of those people was also a problem. And, yeah, so, like I said, once in a while you get, like, um, the director for Deadpool kind of came out of left field, and Deadpool was fantastic. So, I'm not saying that if you get a director without much experience, it means that the movie's going to suck, but this is also one of the examples of you get a director that hasn't done much and you don't get anything good. You mix out in with a whole bunch of other problems and you just make a mediocre at best meal. The action scenes, they didn't really provide very much excitement. They didn't wow. And it's one of the worst things I can say about these scenes is a majority of the super heroics were just not memorable memorable or entertaining. Uh, sure, they, they throw in some good hero shots. Most of those you see in the trailer. But... Honestly, those are the best parts of those action scenes, and everything else, I cannot, for the life of me, remember any of the action scenes of the fights, you know? So it's like, and usually you kind of, you remember these big iconic moments, but you only, the only ones I remember from uh, those are like the trailer stuff, the stuff you see like thousands of times, or even like a couple times before you see the movie. So it doesn't bode well when those are the only part action scenes you actually remember. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. Like that, if you're gonna make like an action superhero movie, you want moments to stand out. Like I, one of the moments in the X Men series that always stands out to me is when um, Stryker and his forces like invade the mansion and Wolverine fights them off. It's like one of the coolest moments in the movie, and or like when Colossus first shows up in there and he just walks into a room, gets covered up in metal, and people shoot at him, and he just looks down looks at them and the next shot is them flying through a wall or when the assault first starts and wolverine's fighting off a guy and pushes him into a wall and stabs him in the chest you know these cool iconic moments that were not in the trailer whereas like you said in this movie i remember him trying to put the fairy back together i remember him kicking in the window in the uh washington monument i don't remember a thing but of the actual fight between him and the vulture. Dude, there was a plane? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> spiders on a plane? 
You know, damn it, if they would have had I'm Samuel tired of these Jackson. Mon- I'm tired of these mother to- Monday to Friday spiders on this Monday to Friday plane. <laughs> damn it, if they would have had Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury in this movie, that would have been perfect. Uh, we haven't seen him in a while. No. Um, I can't remember what they said he's coming back in. Oh, uh, Captain Marvel is the next movie they said he's going to show up in. I, I Aren't they doing, like, uh, the uh, female Captain Marvel? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so they said he's going to show up in that one. Um, I'm not sure when that movie's supposed... I think that movie comes out not... Maybe late next year, but... Or, or the year after. I was looking at... Uh, the Sometime Wikipedia in the entry. future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> um, so, overall, let's... Uh, Honestly, bleh for me. Like that was uh, you. I remember you asked me what did you think of the movie, and I just went bleh. This wasn't terrible. The, you know, this wasn't absolute garbage or anything like that. I've certainly seen worse, and there are things to like. Like we both said, the vulture costume is fantastic, and even just his regular jacket was like a nice reference to the character. And I was really into the story of Adrian Toomes. I thought he was the most interesting and well-rounded character in the movie. But the combination of an inexperienced director and just, I'm going to say it, bad writing kills the movie. Like, it kills my interest in Spider-Man as a character. I don't want to see another, like, Spider-Man solo film, especially because I read they're bringing back the same director and writers. So, yeah, you just made me not want to see those. I don't mind seeing him, in you know, as smaller parts in, you know, the next Avengers movie and stuff like that. But the side, you know, Spider-Man was annoying. The side characters aren't interesting. And even the Stan Lee cameo wasn't all that great. I can't even remember it. (laughs) He was like a guy in a window yelling at someone, and that was it. Like, usually the Stan Lee cameo is one of the things you remember in each of these movies. I I I, I don't even remember that until you said it. Yeah. I think that says it all right there. It's So I'm going to say, overall for me... It's it's a very mediocre film. It's it's not the best Spider-Man movie. It's not the worst Spider-Man movie. It's just so mediocre. It it's I if you want to see a Spider-Man movie, you can see it. Otherwise, uh, you don't need to. It's just one of those things where I'd say, okay, don't see the movie just so you can get a possibly a better director. But I doubt that will happen because it's already made a bunch of money in the box office. So. It just at this point, it just really depends. Do you want to see a Spider-Man movie? Are you okay with uh, with it being very flawed? If so, then see it. But it just feels like a movie that could have been better. It it's it's on the verge of actually being okay, but unfortunately, that has nothing to do with the actual ingredients which put it together. It just has one a couple outstanding performances which really make the movie into something more than just mediocre otherwise it is just a spider-man movie um, yeah no i agree i think with if they would have had a better director better writing this could have been something way better than it was um one thing i will say to everyone don't wait for the post credit scene that i think pissed me off more than almost anything else because uh, I'm not even going to spoil what it is and say what it was. All I could say is 
I was tempted to just leave before it came up, and after it happened, I had to resist the temptation to flip off the screen. That was just so bad. Yeah. I would have to say the the just the regular end of the movie scene where not even that but the uh, the very last scene of the movie was better than that like it was like a thousand percent better mm-hmm. oh it, i agree if that if that would have been after the credits i would have been fine that would have actually probably been the best end credit scene for it would have been just the regular last scene in the movie mm-hmm. yep i agree because uh, you you do that and then you reveal that yeah, that would have been worth waiting for, but no, they they decided to go with the most generic, bland, soul-sucking post-credits yeah. they could have gone with. They, they could have gone with anything else, and it yes. would have been better. Yeah. I would have been fine if they would have cut to Iron Man and Spider-Man eating shawarma. That would have been better. You know, still pretty bad, but, you know, better. Yeah, yep. Uh, so that it that concludes our I wouldn't say ranting really I mean we both didn't hate this movie but some just didn't like it more than others (laughs) yeah (laughs) you disliked it less than I did (laughs) I found it tolerable you know it's like I I got bored in it but I just Mm -hmm. didn't outright loathe it you know yeah it it's just a movie it's it doesn't it's not my favorite movie it's not my least favorite movie uh would i watch it again probably not would i watch certain clips of the movie probably so it's just like uh you know you know what i would like to see someone you know how people like making fan trailers i would love to see someone put together a fan trailer that makes adrian tombs the main character there probably will be (laughs) that would be awesome Somebody go and do that right now. <laughs> All right, everyone. That's it for now. Uh, stay tuned. Our ne- the next uh, standard frustrated fans episode is going to be centered on the villain Gutierrez from Freakazoid, who is totally not a weenie. And if you enjoyed this, check us out at frustratedpodcast.com. We're on iTunes and Google Play Podcast. And if you enjoyed Aaron and me talking about stuff, go and check out the episode of Aliens Colonial Marines where Aaron, Pete, and I talk about that train wreck of a game. Oh, that was so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fun. That was the term for it. (laughs) All right. Take care, everyone.